Welcome in, everybody. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. It is a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. What a week it's going to be, man. We've got the NCAA Golf Championships going on right now in Scottsdale at Greyhawk Golf Club. And the Sooners are currently uh, basically all square with Arizona State 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Chris Goderup has had a rough couple days. He lost 7-5 to Summer Hayes today in his match. We've got a big match going on right now. Patrick Welch against Anderson for Arizona State. And Patrick Welch looks like he's going to have to make about a 40-foot putt for par on the 18th hole for Oklahoma to win this match. and uh, But he's in some trouble. It looks like Arizona State, Anderson has the advantage. That would put Arizona State with two points uh, with Summer Hayes already having defeated, got her up. So Oklahoma right now leading in the uh, Drew Goodman versus Ballister match. Uh, they're also leading with Logan McAllister, uh, who is three up through 14 on his opponents and uh, just almost made a birdie to win the match right there. Uh, Logan McAllister on 15, but he's going to win that match. Drew Goodman, again, uh, looking like he's going to win his match as well. But it may come down to that last match, which will be Stephen Campbell Jr. for Oklahoma and Sisk for Arizona State. Uh, so the Sooners, again, who were the second seed, they were the number one overall seed coming into the tournament, but uh, they've got their hands full with Arizona State. Some ASU players who I'm sure are very familiar with Greyhawk and playing that golf course a lot. Of course, the Sooners have been out there uh, since last week, and they played Greyhawk before, but uh, certainly a little bit of an advantage for Arizona State. You also have Oklahoma State and Texas going at it right now in the match play, and Texas leads in three of the five matches there, so the Cowboys also in a little bit of trouble, but plenty of golf left to play. The Sooners match with Arizona State was the first match out today. So uh, that match will be wrapping up here within the next hour, unless we have uh, maybe a long playoff hole, maybe in the final match between Campbell for OU and Sisk for Arizona State. But it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be tough for Oklahoma on this last hole uh, because, well, it looks like and there's a birdie to win the match. By the way for Anderson for Arizona State. So Arizona State puts a second point on the board as Anderson defeats Patrick Welch. One up in match number one. So ASU has won two matches today. The Sooners currently lead in two matches. And then Arizona State has a one-up lead through 13 in the final match, which is Sisk for the Sun Devils, Stephen Campbell Jr. for Oklahoma. So the Sooners, again, uh, golf is a fickle game, man. When you, t- when you talk about Chris Goderup just won the Haskins Award, Parker, today. And that is the College Golfer of the Year. It's the Heisman Trophy basically for the best golfer of the year. But Chris Goderup very much had a chance to win the individual championship yesterday, missing putts on 16 and 17 uh, that may have uh, won him the NCAA individual championship, uh, which yesterday went to the kid from Vanderbilt who was able to get it done. But certainly Chris Goderup had his opportunities. It was uh, or a sergeant, is the kid from Vanderbilt, Gordon Sargent, who won. But Goderup wins the Haskins Award today, uh, but he failed, you know, down the stretch yesterday. Look, he's the reason why Oklahoma is where they are, the number one team in the country. Uh, one of the best players obviously was awarded the, you know, the Haskins Award for the best player in college golf this year. And you think about the award winners who won the Haskins, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson won it three times. Ben Crenshaw won it three times. Matt Kuchar, Justin Leonard, Luke Donald. 
Those are all Haskins Award winners and the first ever for the Sooners. And Oklahoma State, by the way, has won eight Haskins Awards. Now, I think it started in like 72, 73, back in that era. Uh, Lindy Miller, Bob Tway, Willie Wood, Scott Verplank, Charles Howell III, Hunter Mahan, Pablo Martin, and Matthew Wolf have all won the Haskins for Oklahoma State. But got her up today, man. Obviously had a hangover from yesterday, losing 7-5, and five, certainly. Um, you know, I think that yesterday was not only a, a loss for Chris Gatterup where he could have won the individual championship, but PGA Tour U, they took the top four finishers who got automatic status on the Corn Ferry Tour if you place in the top four. You know where Gatterup finished? In a tie for fifth. So that putt, those couple putts yesterday cost him not only the individual championship possibly, but also cost him automatic status. He's a redshirt senior. Automatic status on the Corn Ferry Tour where you don't have to go qualify or anything. Boom, you're on the Corn Ferry Tour as soon as you're done with your collegiate career. So it was a costly uh, couple days for Chris Goderup. A great year for Goderup. He was a tremendous uh, addition to this Oklahoma team. The transfer portal brought him from Rutgers to Oklahoma. He still may be able to play, obviously, uh, if the Sooners survive this match with Arizona State. But uh, obviously, it's been a rough couple days for him. Man, you got to feel for that kid. You got to feel for that kid because, again, you've got a chance to win the individual. I thought his interview yesterday on the Golf Channel was great. They asked him, How tough is it to rebound from this? And he goes, We don't have to rebound from anything. I'm here to win a national championship. He wasn't there to win the individual, you know, championship. And again, that went to Gordon Sargent of Vanderbilt. The freshman won it yesterday. But. Had to be a little bit disappointing. Again, I thought he handled it very well, but to come out and lose 7-5 and five today, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty darn decisive in match play when you lose 7-5. and five. So, again, he's had a great year, but, man, a tough couple days for Chris Goderup for Oklahoma. I don't want that to get lost in the greater narrative, though, which is that the spring sports at the University oh, of yeah. Oklahoma, Big as time. of late, Mike, they are rolling. Well, OU baseball just took home a Big 12 championship. Playing great, man. They should have hosted, but they didn't, of course. They picked the regional sites. What kind of system is that where you're picking the regional sites in the eighth inning of the Big 12 championship? I mean, OU is as hot as any team in college baseball right now. Playing great baseball. They are. Peyton Graham individually is as hot as anybody in college baseball. And the women, of course, dominated uh, the regional and the super regional. And. Uh, more than likely are going to be getting Jordy Ball back when the uh, Sooner women start, uh, you know, Women's College World Series play at 1.30 Thursday against Northwestern, 1.30 on ESPN. So, yeah, I mean, OU sports are going great. But this match today, it's going to be interesting to see if the Sooners survive. More than likely, they would play – well, actually now North Carolina has played Pepperdine to a 2-2 tie – 2-2-1 uh, situation and again that was the second match out today so uh, we'll see they lost to the Sooners lost to Pepperdine in the NCAA championship last year at Greyhawk and we'll see if Oklahoma can survive uh, this match again against uh, Arizona State which currently leads Oklahoma three to zero and again uh, some of the matches still out there Drew Goodman trying to close out his match playing the 18th hole. Logan McAllister is in really good shape to close out his match, uh, three up through 15, and it's probably going to come down to that last match, Stephen Campbell Jr. again for Oklahoma against Sisk from Arizona State. So 
That's what's happening, man. If you want to follow along, GolfStat is where you need to be, golfstat.com. And when you get there, just click on the uh, the link that says, you know, the uh, the match play. It's very simple. You'll see it right there at GolfStat uh, in the match play section. Just click on that, and that will keep you updated on what's happening right now. Again, uh, the Sooners fighting it out with Arizona State. Cowboys are down with uh, you know, a lot of holes left against Texas in three of the five matches, but uh, some pretty exciting stuff today at uh, Greyhawk. And, uh, again, Cowboys still have a great shot. Obviously, there's a lot of golf to be played there. And the Sooners, again, it looks like it may very well come down to the final match between Oklahoma and Arizona State. So how's everything? How was your Memorial Day weekend? Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. I am no longer wearing a splint. I on saw my that. Elbow, yes, so, congrats. You know, hey, I'm slowly gaining my mobility back. We're making progress from the uh, fractured radial head. That is the scientific medical diagnosis. That sounds like a answer. car so, problem. I know it really does, doesn't it? Uh, but yes, that was the headliner of my Memorial Day weekend. Slowly being able to regain the usage of my left arm. And uh, yeah, you know, it was it was weird waking up on a Monday, and I had to keep reminding myself, I don't have to go into the station at eleven thirty. I don't have to go into the station. I'm just relaxing today. It was a good R and R day. Shay's brother Kirk had a birthday, so we had them over for dinner, and uh, we were watching the golf and just having a good time yesterday. So yeah, it was a nice, relaxing weekend. And thank you to everybody who has served and is serving in our military, they are the true heroes. So, uh, again, what else do we have going on? This week is going to be incredible. you got the golf going on today. Sooners and the Cowboys both involved trying to advance to play later today in the semifinals. Both are playing in the quarterfinal round right now out in Scottsdale. you got the Women's College World Series, Sooners, and the Cowgirls, of course, playing in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma will play at 1.30 against Northwestern in uh, their first game out. And that'll be the second game. Texas and UCLA will play the early game on Thursday at 11 a.m. Oklahoma and Northwestern at 1.30, the evening session. Cowgirls will play the late game against Arizona Thursday night. And then the first evening game out will be Florida and Oregon State at 6 o'clock on ESPN. And then you have, of course, uh, regional baseball. The Sooners sent to Gainesville. They will play Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. At noon on Friday, the host Gators will play Central Michigan on Friday. Remember, the Sooners, of course, have been red hot. They won five of their last six series. Uh, they won the Big 12 tournament title. Unbelievable. Took down Texas in the final. Cowboys will be hosting, and Oklahoma State will play uh, Missouri State in the uh, game on ESPN Plus at 6 o'clock. Uh, the Cowboys in the evening, the first game out at noon, Arkansas versus Grand Canyon in the Stillwater Regional uh, coming up on Friday. So that's what's happening. Uh, NBA Finals, we start with the NBA Finals. Game one, Thursday night, 8 o'clock on ABC. Who do you have, Celtics or the Warriors? This is a tough one because, you know, the, the Warriors have been there before, so you want to give them the edge. And the Celtics are so streaky, you just never really know what you're going to get with that team. But when they're hot – you can tell they're just they're they're a better team than the Golden State Warriors when they're on their game. It just comes down to well, can, can they be on their game for four out of the seven games? So I don't know. I think just by virtue of 
experience, I give the edge to the Warriors, but I think this is a series that has the potential to go seven games. I I'm excited too. for In it. In fact, I think it will, and they split during the regular season, uh, one game apiece. Uh, Golden State has home court advantage. First game again, Thursday night, 8 o'clock on ABC. Uh, Logan McAllister just closed out his match, so the Sooners have a point on the board. Arizona State with two points. Oklahoma is uh, one point behind. The Sooners have one and uh, right now you've got Drew Goodman leading his match. They are playing the 18th hole right now. That's huge for Oklahoma that he's able to close, close that out. And then you have um, the uh, Campbell, Stephen Campbell Jr. for OU versus Sisk for Arizona State, uh, which is one up in favor of Arizona State through 13. So there you go. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a great series. Boston, excellent defensive team. Golden State's pretty good defensively, too. But Boston, again, really good defensively against that, you know, very efficient, uh, you know, just a very good, fun-to-watch offense that moves the basketball, obviously with Steph and Clay Thompson. And uh, what Jordan Poole's been able to do off the bench has been pretty amazing. So NBA Finals starting out. Thursday night. How funny is it that in the greater historical arc of the NBA, the Celtics are considered the old heads, right? And the Warriors are considered the new bloods. But in this series, the Warriors are the ones with the experience edge. They're the ones who have been there before multiple times, have won it multiple times. And this is new territory for the Celtics. And in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you got a couple of really exciting young scorers. Marcus Smart has been key. Al Horford was huge for that team in upsetting Miami in seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. So there's actually – it's not often I get excited about the NBA, but there's a lot to like about this finals matchup. It'll be a good finals matchup, I think, too. And then uh, after the – you know, we get the NBA draft on uh, Thursday night, June 23rd. The Thunder again. Uh, gonna the OKC get either, blunder. Yeah, the, the Thunder's going to get either Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, or Paolo Bancaro. And then looking at 12, unless they move up, you're looking at A.J. Griffin or Usman Yang, maybe, um, you know, uh, maybe a Ben Matherin if they can move up. It's going to be interesting to see what Oklahoma City does there. All right, fantastic chip shots by Drew Goodman on the 18th hole. Looks like he's going to be able to get it done and close out his match against Ballister, and that would even it up, and we would come down to the final match between Stephen Campbell Jr. and the Sis Kid for Arizona State. All right, we are brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, sponsoring our first hour. They're family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. You need some AC work done at your home. Now's the time to get it done. Get that tune-up happening. Call them at 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. All right, also the Air Comfort Solutions text line available to you, 405-651-3439. Get the text rolling in. We'll get to as many as we can. It is Tuesday. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on The Ref. We're coming right back. All right, you want to paint that final match crimson going on right now at Greyhawk. Drew Goodman just closed out his match. He wins two up, so we are even... Only one match still active, and the Sooners have two points. Arizona State has two points. It's coming down to the final match between Stephen Campbell Jr. for Oklahoma, Cameron Sisk for Arizona State. Sisk leads through 14. He's one up, so there are four holes left in this match. Cameron Sisk is a senior at ASU. 
Stephen Campbell Jr., a redshirt freshman. Ooh. So Experience. We'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. How much do you value it? The Sooners, they got to win that match to keep their season alive, and they, they've got some catching up to do. So it's going to be uh, – it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, there's, again, four holes left, so plenty of time for Oklahoma. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are uh, – no matches are complete yet, but Texas leads in three of the five matches. So Texas uh, up 3-2 right now over Oklahoma State with all those matches still in progress. Only one match still ongoing out in Scottsdale at Greyhawk, and that is the final match, the fifth match in the Oklahoma-Arizona State matchup. Stephen Campbell, Jr. for the Sooners and uh, Cameron Sisk for Arizona State. And here's a birdie putt on the 15th for Stephen Campbell Jr., and that one slides by. So uh, we'll see. Sooners got to have that match. Sooners got to have that match, and we will keep you updated. If you want to follow along, golfstat.com is the place to be. That's golfstat.com. You know what we found out uh, this past week, too, that uh, we we knew that uh, some Sooner players – weren't the biggest fans of Alex Grinch, but it continues. Well, one player in particular is very much not a fan of Alex Grinch. Well, we heard that Nick Benito, you know, kind of wasn't very happy. And here was Perry on Winfrey's tweet over the weekend. Uh, Remember, he's in Cleveland now. And he said, a defensive coordinator that knows what he's talking about. I love it here. Which then came this tweet. From Perry on Winfrey, I don't know which is worse, the Grinch that stole Christmas or the other one. <laughs> Did which, you see the exchange between him and Isaiah Coe Isaiah, after that? Isaiah Coe came back with several laughing emojis, and then Perry on Winfrey responded to that saying the career stealer. Isaiah Coe said the one that stole our season. And Perry on Winfrey says this is the best one yet. Now, there were rumors of a defensive meeting last year early in the season that players on that side of the ball weren't very happy. And it was, you know, one of the rumors was it was about the rotations and having to come out too much. There were rumors that Jamar Kane had to go in there and save the day because a lot of those players didn't want to play for Alex Grinch. Again, none of those were substantiated, but that was one of the rumors flying around. And the more you see stuff like this – Maybe there was a little bit of truth to what was going on there. What do you think of a possible revolt? It's interesting to me because Perrion Winfrey, in the aftermath of the Bedlam game, was in the locker room. This was before anybody knew that Muleshoe was about to ditch. Right? This was before any of that happened. Perrion Winfrey was rallying the guys trying to convince Brian Asamoah and Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas and all the dudes that we kind of knew were NFL-bound to come back to Oklahoma for another year. So hmm. you hear Perry on Winfrey talk about how much he loves the University of Oklahoma time and time again. That tells you how much he really does love it because he was willing to come back for another year and play for a defensive coordinator that he hated just to run it back and have another shot at glory in the Crimson and Cream. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Isaiah Coe's on the roster at OU right now. Do you think there'd be any below? Like, dude, can you just lay off that a little bit? Do you think no, he would I, be I, talked to, or do you think that's not not that big of an issue? I mean, here's the thing: you tweet something like that out, you're probably going to get a little bit of a talking to, but I don't know that it's going to be like a tongue lashing. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I it's going to be severe. Be, I don't think he should be running stadium steps or anything. It, I he probably think. got a text. Like, hey, man. Yeah, you know, like, Isaiah, Isaiah, go ahead and uh, stop tweeting. 
I don't think it was anything more than that. Yeah, I mean, Perry on, Perry on Winfrey is uh, he gone. He's with the Cleveland Browns now. But, man, uh, this stuff hasn't died down either. Obviously, it keeps coming back it, every it, now and It then. won't. So, Are you yeah. past the first stage of grief yet, Steely? You know, I'm kind of getting there, I think. I'm kind of getting there. I, uh, I, I was trying to get blocked by Mule Shoe, and he never <laughs> blocked me, so I just blocked hey, him. Hey, over the weekend, we crossed the six-month threshold. Did we really? It has officially been half a year post-Mule Shoe. You know, the only time it comes back is if he comes out and starts, you know, with some BS again. Some way where he twists his words, you know, we didn't take players from Oklahoma, we took them from the portal, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just when he opens his mouth and uh, continues to throw these half-truths out there, that's when I get upset. Other than that, I think I'm I'm advancing slowly. At the six-month mark, what is anger, right? Is that the first stage? Yeah, anger. Denial, then anger, then ex- uh, bargaining. Bargaining. Right? Hmm. I don't know if I'm in bargaining yet. I mean, I still want to see the guy fail miserably. There's no doubt about that. So that's the, I don't even, that's the only bargain that I'll take in the bargaining deal. Yeah. So, but because that's not going to happen is going to be the issue. And then the anger is going to come back. So you have denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Hmm. I think probably I'm still in anger. <laughs> Of the of the marathon, yeah. I'd probably run 24 miles, you know, of the anger stage, but I'm still there. And the problem is, like I said, once the season rolls around and you're going to be getting all these stories about Mule Shoe and the resurgence of USC and, you know, he's going to say something stupid when he's asked about Oklahoma, you know. You know what Mule Shoe did over the weekend? He offered DJ Lagway. I saw that. I, uh, which see means that? we got a we got a little mano a mano battle between him and Jeff Levy now. Yeah. So, I mean, if honestly, if I'm Oklahoma, I just go ahead and offer Michael Hawkins and call it good. But I know they really like Lagway. What is not to like about Lagway? If you flip on the tape, he's going to have every offer in the country, though. So you're I mean, gonna have it to wasn't make a surprise really... that USC was going to offer him. No. Though. Like you said, everybody in the country wants that kid. Yeah, especially because Muleshoe just choked away Dylan Riola. Dylan Riola was at the QB retreat over the weekend and acknowledged to reporters that he was leaning USC in March, then visited Ohio State and was committed a month later. Good for him. You made the right call, kid. You don't want to go with a guy who can't tell you the truth. You need a truth-telling coach. Muleshoe is not. He lies. He'll look you straight in the eye and lie to your face. So, good move by that kid. Very good move. All right. Once again, uh, we are tracking the match. Uh, Cameron Sisk and Stephen Campbell Jr. for Oklahoma. Two points apiece on the board for Oklahoma and Arizona State in the quarterfinals at Greyhawk. It's coming down to this last match. Three holes left. And Sis, the Arizona State Sun Devil, is one up on Stephen Campbell Jr. Sooners got to flip that match. They got to turn that match around and win it, or their season is over in the quarterfinals. All right, let's talk a little more Sooner football and the SEC meetings happening today. Destin, Florida, I believe it is, 
We'll talk about that here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It's the Ref Radio Network on a Tuesday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. We shall return. Ah, Parker, we have drama at Greyhawk. Oh, boy, what's the drama? Stephen Campbell Jr. just made birdie on 16. It was not matched by Cameron Sisk. We are all tied in that match. Two holes left. Two holes left. Stephen Campbell Jr. with a clutch, clutch birdie putt on 16. Sisk again missed his from about 25 feet, and now they're playing the 17th hole. And we are all Oh, tied. Stephen, Campbell, Stephen Campbell's a lefty. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's got this one in the bag then. Yeah. It's I mean, a win. Got a couple lefties here. All right. There's his tee shot on 17. Picked up the tee quickly. That's a good sign. And it's in the fairway. That's good. All right. So it's coming down to that match. Stephen Campbell Jr. for Oklahoma. Cameron Sisk for Arizona State. And uh, two points apiece. Whoever wins this match. Uh, you know, will win it for their squad, either the Sooners with uh, Stephen Campbell Jr. or Cameron Sisk for Arizona State. Cowboys are playing. That match is getting deeper into the round. Uh, and Texas is leading in three matches, decisively in two. And Oklahoma State is leading in two matches. So Texas, at this point, leading at three out of five matches. So the Cowboys also in trouble. Let's see what Cameron Sisk's tee shot looks like. He picks up the tee pretty quickly, too, so that should be in good shape. And that one is in good shape as well. So we're on the 17th hole. And uh, both players will have uh, what looks like probably some nine-iron wedge shots into that green, and they're all square through 16. Arizona State has won two matches. The Sooners have won two matches as we play in the quarterfinals at Greyhawk in the NCAA championship. You know, it's only a matter of time before uh, Muleshoe gets gets to tampering again, right? I don't think there's any doubt. Because I smell something, and it don't smell right at all, and I'm going to leave it at that for the moment. Doesn't smell good. That wind coming from L.A. smells like tampering. It's going to happen. All right, uh, how about some of the tweets? I can't remember. I don't know who the dude was who tweeted out from the SEC meeting today in Destin, Florida. Jimbo and Nick Saban just passed each other. (laughs) They passed each other but didn't make eye contact and didn't even realize they were passing each other. It's like Nick Saban just walked down the hallway and Jimbo was in the coffee shop and he was on the phone. He didn't even see Nick, but they just passed each other. Wow. Like, okay. What do you want us to do with that information? So you're telling us that they passed they, each other. They were they in the same see, vicinity. Yeah, that's right. They didn't see each other. That would be like me walking through the airport terminal, terminal, headed to uh, the gate, and you're over there in the gift shop, and you have no idea that I just walked by. Yet somebody's reporting on that. So that's what's going on. Um, so apparently again the word is the sec folks have decided no pods we're not going to have any pods which i think is actually good because you want really good matchups and if you go with the three six system nine conference games and you go with the three six three common opponents you rotate six that means you play everybody in the league every four years and you host everybody in the league no every two years you play everybody in the league and then you would host everybody in the league every four years so 
The other is the uh, eight-conference game model where you would have one common opponent and then you'd rotate seven opponents, and it wouldn't be quite as good. But what do you think about this nine-game SEC conference schedule? And then again, like I said, I mean, you don't want to get in the SEC and see Alabama every seven or eight years or LSU, you know, you don't want that to happen. You've got all these primetime matchups in this newly created SEC. Whenever it happens, we may have to wait to 2025. We'll see. A lot of people still think it's going to happen, pardon the pun, sooner than that, but we'll see. But I think that's the best system. I mean, you can't, you don't want to get in that league and, like I said, yeah, we'll see you in Tennessee, we'll see you in 2031 or whatever. If you can get a system where you're playing every team in the league every other year and then you are hosting uh, one of those matchups every four years, I think that's a that's the route to go. And it looks like that is the route they're going to go with. We'll see. So are we still thinking, though, that I know the, we, we brought this up the other day that, man, maybe they will have to wait to 2025. We had a couple people on the text line. I don't know what their source is, but no use going to be leaving in July. Wait and see. They'll make the announcement. Oh so. boy, this is a this is a wonderful text. You'll have fun with this, Steely. There is no such thing as tampering. Unlimited free agency equals college sports. Well, if you're still not in the portal and you're on somebody's roster and you're contacted by another school, that is basically the definition of tampering. There's, definitely still, there's definitely still tampering. Yes. <laughs> by the way, do you see where DeAndre Moore committed this morning? I did not. You want to take a guess? Uh, I don't know. You, you, won't, you won't get this one correct. I can promise you that. Jackson State. He committed to Louisville. Really? Yes. Hmm. Apparently, the word on the street is that uh, Louisville is poised to reel in a pretty decent recruiting class here. Well, they get because, the Jim B money, the well, whiskey I was about to money, say, what? Yeah, consider the common denominator between bourbon, the Derby, mm-hmm. and Papa John's. It's Louisville. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I didn't say anybody's going to enforce it. I just said that that's what it is. Yeah, uh, so text yeah. line said, who's going to enforce your so-called tampering? Let me tell you, and no one. I th- I mean, that that's fair. And I think that's the preeminent concern right now across mm-hmm. collegiate athletics is, how is this stuff going to get enforced? You can make the rules. How do you enforce them? Because there are loopholes everywhere. Yeah. And there will always be loopholes. And the NCAA is terrified of lit- litigation. They already lost the Supreme Court decision on NIL, name, image, likeness, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, that, that's going to be the problem. Unless they can come up with something that's collectively bargained or, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But, uh, yeah, I don't see the NCAA having a big hand in this uh, or certainly not carrying the big stick in this situation. Maybe a tiny little switch, maybe, but that's about it. All right, David from Norman texting in. Steely, the three common opponents with six other rotating opponent opponents is identical to the pod system that was being considered. I mean, I yes, guess that I, is true. I guess, yeah, is it 100% the same? More or less, yeah. yes. I mean, even if, even if they don't split it into pods, that essentially that's essentially what it becomes at that point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I said, I I just know that I want a system where if you're going to a new league, 
you don't need to be playing, you know, somebody every eight years or whatever. And this is going to take care of that. So I guess it is similar. Um, but you're just not, I guess, you have common opponents, but I don't think they officially labeled them as pods per se. All right, we are still charting uh, what's happening at the NCAA Golf Championships. And um, I'm trying to find out where Cameron Sisk is now. They're on the 17th hole. And, uh, well, I'll get it here in a second. By the way, we're brought to you by Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, a great local company, great Sooner Tim Lasher, great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They've been serving the greater Oklahoma City area for 15 years now. They're family-owned and operated. They'll do a great job for you, no doubt about it, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. So any uh, heat and air needs you have, they'll get it covered for you at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right, I'm watching this putt from Cameron Sisk, the Arizona State senior. This is a birdie to win the hole. And this one, he's left the flag in. Is going to come up short. Didn't quite hit it. Stephen Ooh, Campbell. Jr., I was though. I was ready to hit the yes sir. Maybe yes sir. That would be a no sir though in that situation, was, right? <laughs> yeah. I suppose so. But uh, so Stephen, they're both going to par that hole. Then it looks. Stephen Campbell looks like he's got about a six or seven footer for par there. Eh, eh. So this is a big par eh. putt coming up. Could get dicey. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to wait until this putt should be coming up here momentarily, and we're still pretty much on time so we're good to go because this could be the putt coming up right here that decides Oklahoma's fate right here Campbell's because gone. yeah if he if he falls one back you've got one hole left you've got to win the next hole and this man that's longer that's actually about a looks like about a 12 footer for Campbell Jr. man this is going to be uh you've got you talk about this would be an unbelievable par right here with He's this pressure. He's going to have this one for par. Lining up the putt. Sooner players are looking on, and, man, this this could be the season right here, this par putt, about a, about a 10, 12-footer for Campbell. He rolls it and rolls it right. So – He's going to be one down heading into the last hole, and the Sooner season is on the line on the 18th. Mm. Stephen Campbell Jr. has got to win the hole to keep it. And then you're looking at, you know, uh, moving on to a playoff after that. But the Sooner season hanging in the balance with one hole left at Greyhawk. All right, let's take a break right here. Good to have you with us. We'll get to the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439. That's 405 651 3439. A lot of things happening. Busy week. Women's College World Series, regional baseball, NCAA golf championships going on right now out in Scottsdale, Arizona. NBA finals begin on Thursday night. We'll take a timeout right here. Be coming right back. Okay, on the 18th hole, we are uh, watching the Stephen Campbell Jr. match representing the Sooner, Sooners, Cameron Sisk for Arizona State. And uh, the match is even two points apiece. Whoever gets that third point is going to win the match. And uh, Arizona State's Cameron Sisk is one up through 17. So, obviously, Stephen Campbell Jr. has to win this hole. Both players hit their drives left into uh, – into the rough under a tree in that area. I haven't seen, uh, they haven't gone back to the shots of 
if one of the two players actually has a shot. But there was an opening there for OU after Sisk hit his drive wayward left. And then uh, Stephen Campbell Jr. pretty much did the same thing. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but obviously um, the Sooners have to have this hole or their season is over. So it's coming down to this hole. And then uh, if Campbell Jr. wins this, he would go on to extra holes. Obviously. Because it's match play. You just win the hole. You don't win it by an amount of strokes. You just win the hole. So, any news on who's coming to Champion Barbecue uh, this weekend? Anything that <laughs> happened over the weekend? Uh, yeah, I, ju- I just posted the whole list over at OUinsider.com. Like, so the comprehensive list, which numbers, I think, in excess of 30 players now is currently up there for our VIP members. So if you're not a subscriber, now is a great time to join over there. Get your first month for just a dollar at OUinsider.com. But uh, let me give you some of the highlights, uh, the ones that uh, really top the list. Two five-stars in town this weekend, linebacker Anthony Hill Jr. out of Denton and running back Richard Young out of the state of Florida. So those are the two five-stars that will be on campus this weekend. Then obviously you got Jackson Arnold coming back. He is literally right on the cusp of five-star status. I think he's going to be a five-star by the time his senior season starts. But he is right there on the cusp as well. Some of the other high-profile players that are going to be in town include four-star cornerback Makari Vickers out of Tallahassee, Florida, four-star running back Dalen Smothers out of the state of North Carolina. And then actually today the Sooners are hosting four-star edge rusher Jabron Harvey on an official visit. So it's not all happening at the Champion Barbecue. You'll have an official here, an official there that don't line up with the rest. But in the next couple of weeks, Mike, we should see the ball start to roll for Oklahoma in terms of commitments. So you are still, uh, you're saying two weeks after Champion Barbecue, you set the over and under at two and a half, right? Uh, I think it was. I think by this time next week, there will be at least one more commit than they have right now. And I think two weeks from right now, they'll have three or four. I think a lot of these guys are winding down to decisions. The ones that I'm particularly watching heading into this weekend include Bryson Sanders, the four-star offensive lineman out of Tennessee. This trip to OU is actually going to be his last official, and a decision is coming soon afterward. Uh, P.J. Adabare, four-star edge rusher out of Kansas City, another guy where he's so high on Oklahoma as it is. I don't know if he ends up taking the official visit to Georgia that he's got scheduled for the week following. So that'll be another one to watch. Read Mike Keska. We've talked about him on the show. He's another one that'll be back in town. Sammy Omasigo, three-star linebacker. OU's the pretty clear leader for him. So, uh, And then a brand-new offer, by the way. I guess we haven't even had this chance to discuss it yet, yet on air. But, uh, Mike, I played sports. I played high school sports in Class C2 in Nebraska. Really? Yeah. Yes. Literally the Is lowest. That eight man? Down, well, no. It's. It, I think it's the lowest eleven man classification. Really? Though. So it is not often that an athlete from Class C two in Nebraska hits it big as a football prospect. But Cade McIntyre out of Fremont, Nebraska, has done that. He picked up an offer from Oklahoma over the weekend. He'll be on campus June eighth. There is a lot of OU love in that family's bloodlines, and I would expect that the Sooners lock him down pretty expediently. So, wait a minute. I didn't know you're from, one, like, a one-stoplight town then? No, I'm not from a one-stoplight town. Two, two I just, or three? I went to a small high school. I'm from the biggest city in the state of Nebraska. I just went to a small high school. 
Wow. Okay. Well, it just sounds like, I don't know, it sounds a little bit like you're from the mule shoe <laughs> portion of Nebraska, maybe. No, nope, nope, but Kate McIntyre is. Fremont is not a large place. All right, so in excess of 30 players coming in for Champion Barbecue this weekend. Yes. And last year we saw the luxury automobiles, all the bling and everything. Uh, how do you think the Sooners approach this one? What that, do you mean? Well, in terms of is there going to be any kind of theme to it besides barbecue? Last year it was look at me, bling. Yeah, I, you think, know. I think the theme is going to be Brent Venables saying, hey, come be a part of this culture. Yeah. Last year was come to OU and get, you know, we'll get to the NFL and you'll be able to afford these automobiles. Yeah. It's not going to be, hey, come here for the bling, come here for the glitz and glamour. Come here because we've got a vision. We're committed to executing that vision. And because as we make the transition to the SEC, there is a lot of money being poured into this program to make sure that we are ready to compete at the highest level. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So, again, a couple five-stars. And you said Jackson Arnold, you think the five-star is, no, is I coming think he will be a five-star. Really star. soon. Yes. Well, Sooner fans will be excited about that. Uh, Jackson Arnold, the kid from Denton, a four-star. Soon to be a five-star, says Parker Thune. All right, we want to thank Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Both players, uh, it ended up in the bunker for Cameron Sisk on his tee shot, okay, bouncing off a tree. Okay, okay, And But he hacked out. They both have wedge shots in to the 18th green. So what we're looking at is Stephen Campbell Jr. for the Sooners is going to have to hit a good wedge shot in there and uh, have a putt to uh, to try and win this hole. And we're in commercial. Maybe, so we're not maybe Parr could do it, but uh, he's probably going to have to go out and birdie this, would be my guess. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We've got another hour to go. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Okay, welcome back. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. And uh, the best guarantee that you'll ever hear. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. Add no additional cost to you. All right, we're on the 18th hole. Cameron Sisk has a putt, the Arizona State senior, for par to win the match. Here we go. And uh, this would win the match right here. Let's see if he knocks it in. It's about a 10-footer. And that one is – Oh, he no. left it. Ah, the window is open. Tentative stroke right there. A very tentative stroke. So, oh, here okay, we go. Okay, okay, okay. Man, you talk about Cameron Sisk is the uh, second-best player on that Arizona State squad. He's won three times. Um, and uh, – Stephen Campbell Jr. is a redshirt freshman from the state of Texas for Oklahoma, and now he is going to have this putt. It looks like it's about a five, six-footer. Oh, not even. Four and feet. You think so? This, Four feet. This right here, if he makes this par, you we're got to have extra it. Extra holes. This is it. The season on the gotta line. Got to have it. Right here. You cannot leave it short, and it's in. Wow! So extra holes at Greyhawk. Sooner players are fired up, man. That was a clutch putt How right there. How about it? Wow! So, so what's the uh, what's the tiebreak procedure, Mike? Whoever wins, whoever wins the next hole, you know, you, is you it go, just do all five golfers play, or is it just one? The other matches are over. It's just this match. That's it. 
The other matches oh, are decided. Okay, okay, okay. So gotcha. it's you know if uh, if Sisk wins this hole, Arizona State wins, and if uh, same thing obviously for Stephen Campbell Jr. for OU. If they uh, have the hole, they keep playing until somebody wins a hole. How so. clutch was that? Man. Wow. Arizona State and Cameron Sisk, again, he is a senior who has won three college tournaments and uh, much more decorated because he's played – This is, he's a senior at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And, again, Stephen Campbell Jr. is a redshirt freshman at Oklahoma. So – at least uh, he was able to win the 18th, and uh, again, now you're looking at extra holes. Wow. Cowboys are playing Texas right now, and uh, none of those matches have been decided, but Texas leads in three of them. One of them, uh, one of the matches is tied. The Vic-Stark matchup is all square through 15. So Texas in a really good, it looks like Uyino lopez Chikara is going to win his match against uh, uh, Cootie for the Longhorns, and he is three up through 15, so he's in good shape to win that match, obviously. Uh, Cootie's got to win every hole, but uh, the rest of the matches, uh, by the way, uh, Texas, again, is they've won one. They're all square in one, and they lead. They have a commanding lead in the other two matches. So the Cowboys are on the ropes in their match against Texas. In fact, um, it's not looking good for Oklahoma State. So we'll see what happens uh, on the extra holes here as they play their 19th hole of the Campbell Jr. Cameron Sisk match. But maybe, you know, Cameron Sisk leaking a little oil now. After having the one-up lead through 17 and bogeying the 18th hole, it was parred by Stephen Campbell Jr. So maybe Campbell Jr. Yeah, obviously has a little momentum heading to this first extra hole. But again, Sis certainly has the advantage and experience in playing at big college golf tournaments. All right, the Women's College World Series begins for Oklahoma 1.30 on Thursday as they take on Northwestern. That game will be on ESPN. And uh, the Sooner women dominate their uh, Super Regional against UCF. Oklahoma, again, without Jordy Ball, no problem. Hope Troutwig, a no-hitter. Good pitching performance uh, from Nicole we- uh, May. And the Sooners, again, uh, their offense seems to be clipping, clicking right now as well. And uh, Oklahoma, having lost two games in the season, one in the Big 12 tournament finale to Oklahoma State, obviously, and then that game in Austin against Texas. But the Sooners, again, the overwhelming favorite to win this thing. And Patty Gasso said, you know, everybody's talking about win it all, win it all. That's what Oklahoma's goal is all about. But guess what? Making the World Series, again, to Patty, is still a pretty special thing. Patty Gasso, again, says that making the Women's College World Series is oh, okay. never a show. I was like, <laughs> sorry, I, I hey, totally you, missed you, it. Them young people are looking at their phones all the time, you know. Somebody's get tickety-talking or something, you know, and that's how it goes. Here's Patty on making the uh, Women's College World Series. It never gets old. Really excited about the way this team played for the last two weeks. Since since the Big 12 tournament, this team has really elevated their game and has been pitching well. Deep all three phases of our game have been outstanding. This season has been, um, it's been long. It's been wearing, um, especially living in the place that we're living and expectations and, you know, what if, how come, why aren't you, you know, and it's losing two games ain't too bad, but, um, 
I've been really proud of this team and how they've handled a lot of the noise. There you go. Patty Gasso talking about, again, the uh, situation that Oklahoma's been in all year. And basically, we've talked about it. It's win the Women's College World Series or, man, it's kind of a disappointing season. And everybody, you saw the ESPN, the magazine story, the Sooner Women's Softball team may very well be the most dominant team in all of sports right now. And Patty uh, also said she was proud of the way her team handled that kind of pressure throughout the season. It's tough to get your team to play like that all season. And I, there is pride in the expectation, but we're people and people forget that. They think we're living in another world <laughs> where, you know, nothing bothers us or, you know, it, we have no feelings. We just go out like robots. This team has gone through some emotions without question. Um, and we've, I think we've done a pretty good job of talking them out and just making sure that everybody is the best they can enjoying what we're doing. There you go, Patty Gasso in her interview with Chris Plank uh, after the Sooners won the Super Regional taking down UCF. So again, game one for Oklahoma, 1.30 on Thursday against Northwestern. Uh, the opening game of the Women's College World Series will be 11 a.m. on Thursday. That'll be Texas and UCLA. Then the evening session, Thursday evening, Florida and Oregon State at 6 o'clock. All these games on ESPN. And then the Cowgirls will uh, play uh, the University of Arizona, which is red hot right now. Oklahoma State's playing great softball also. The Cowgirls and Arizona 830 on ESPN. Kenny Gajewski got a new deal, a uh, very well-deserved deal uh, at Oklahoma State, by the way. So there you go. There you go. Women's College World Series. And, again, uh, Jordy Ball appears like she's close to making a comeback. We'll see. Um, I would think that you will see – Jordy Ball in the women's college. And just knowing how competitive Jordy Ball is, I would think so too. Even if it's like a Willis Reed or Kirk Gibson type Mm -hmm. of thing for one inning, yeah, she's going to play at some point. I'm pretty confident in stating that. Uh, This is a fun text from the text line. You're living in a dream world if you think Jackson Arnold is a five-star quarterback, so that puts him in the same category as Kyler Murray? Not even close. Well, you're the recruiting guy. Answer that one. Look, no one is Kyler Murray, okay? Can we just stop with that? Can we stop with any comparison insinuating that anyone is like Kyler Murray in any capacity? No, Kyler Murray is a -a once-in-a-generation athlete. The NFL and college football have never seen an athlete like Kyler Murray. The skill set that he has is entirely unique. But let's not act like Kyler Murray is the only five-star quarterback in history. right? There have been plenty of five-star quarterbacks that fit the mold of somebody like Jackson Arnold much more so than Jackson Arnold fits the mold of Kyler Murray. No, he is not the same player as Kyler Murray because no one is, but he's a very good quarterback with a lot of very advanced skills for a junior in high school. He's going to be in competition for the Elite 11 crown at the end of June. And right now he is the number 37 player overall in the 24-7 sports composite in the class of 2023, which puts him just outside five-star territory. I actually think he is the highest-ranked four-star in the entire country at this point. So, listen, you watch him play, you can see what the hype is about. He's not overly physically impressive. He's a solid 6'1", 6'2", 190 pounds or so. So, you know, he's a, he's a very average build when you talk about a quarterback. But the way he plays the game, man, he is competitive. 
He's unafraid to push the ball down the field. He can fit the ball in tight windows. And, Steely, you're uh, you're ogling about something with regard to this golf match. The wedge shot we, from uh, Stephen Campbell Jr. to about eight feet. Oh, oh, so he's going to have a good look at birdie. We interrupt this re- your regularly scheduled recruiting programming to bring you a college golf update. Yeah, it's extra holes there on the 19th hole. The winner of this match between uh, Cameron Sisk of Arizona State, Stephen Campbell Jr. of the Sooners, uh, will send his team to the quarterfinals. And, man, pretty good shots also from Cameron Sisk. He is probably about uh, 12, 15 feet away, and it looks like – Those are both very makeable putts. They are, yeah, yeah, and that's what it's going to take, you know. A big putt or something to break this match, but Campbell Jr. has the uh, closer putt. So, per the Air Comfort Solutions text line, David from Norman says Stephen Campbell's mom is former OU basketball player Alyssa Walker. Ah, I did not. I know would that. not have known that. Did not know that. So, uh, yeah, and look, five stars is as high as you could go. I guess if they could have given out a six-star rating to Kyler Murray, they probably would have done that. But Kyler Murray also. He will go down as one of the all-time great Texas high school football players, right? Yes. There's and no doubt about it. Kyler Murray, in that recruiting class, he was actually on the lower end of the five-star spectrum because <laughs> shouldn't be a shocker to anybody that's followed Kyler Murray over the years, there were concerns about his frame mm-hmm. and how he would yep. hold up at the collegiate level. And those concerns followed him to Texas A&M. They followed him to Oklahoma. Heck, they followed him into the NFL. But at every turn, Kyler Murray has proved the doubters wrong. So, yes, Kyler Murray is one of a kind. Jackson Arnold is not Kyler Murray, but he is certainly worthy of that fifth star, and I would expect he'll get it. Yeah, it's pretty rare also. You're a phenomenal athlete. Maybe you should get five-plus stars or something. If you're a first-round pick in the NFL and in the Major League Baseball draft, you are an uncommon athlete even among the five stars. Sure, but, you know, when you're in high school – it's not often clear what type of athlete you're going to be four or five years down the road, right? That's I can, true. I can remember a time where, and we can go back through, we can sift through all the athletes that have earned five-star designation over the past decade or so. And, yeah, for the most part, you're going to find some guys that ended up being first-round draft picks and studs in the NFL. You're also going to find a lot of guys that matriculated in college and you never heard from them again. Because everybody's path isn't the same. Yeah. And there are a million different ways things can go haywire. No doubt. All right, let's break right here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. They are our sponsor for hour number two here on Steel Man and Thune on your Tuesday. Hope that everybody had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy those three days. And thanks again to everybody who is serving and has served our country. You are awesome. Okay. We are going to see what happens on these final putts. We should be back in time to tell you about them next right here on The Ref. All right, we are back here on this Tuesday. Some Debbie Downer news. Uh Uh-oh. Cameron Sisk made his putts, putted first, birdie. Stephen Campbell ran his birdie putts by the hole. OU's golf season is over. 19 holes, a win for Cameron Sisk, and the Sooners lose their match to Arizona State 3-2. and 3-2, two. Three to two, Arizona State wins. And, you know, really, look, uh, Chris Goddard up, won the Haskins Award today. 
which is the uh, the Heisman Trophy for college golf, best college golfer of the year. Haskins Award winners, you've got two, the, two of them that won it three times, Phil Mickelson at Arizona State, Ben Crenshaw at Texas. You also have guys like Tiger, Justin Thomas, Matt Kuchar, Justin Leonard, Luke Donald. Now, it came along, I think, in like 73, I believe, something like that, for the Haskins. Uh, so that's why you don't have Jack or Arnie or any of those guys. But Oklahoma State's won eight, by the way. Lindy Miller, Bob Tway, Willie Wood, Scott Verplank, Charles Howell III, Hunter Mahan, Pablo Martin, and uh, Matthew Wolf all won the Haskins Award. Uh, and Chris Goddard became the Sooners first today. Great, 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 great year. But they didn't get the, uh, the Haskins Award winning version of Chris Goddard today. He got beat seven and five. In his match today against Preston Summerhays, a freshman, by the way, Preston Summerhays, um, beats Chris Gatter up seven and five, which is really a uh, about as bad as it gets in a match play. So, and we saw yesterday that Chris Gatter up had a chance, uh, you know, in the individual race to uh, to possibly win there, miss some putts on sixteen and seventeen. I think that was probably still in his head. From yesterday, uh, he handled the post-round interview, I thought, perfectly when he was asked, how do, you, how do you bounce back from that and recover tomorrow? And he said, there's no recovery here. There's no recovery here. We were here to play for a national championship, and we're still playing for a national championship. So I thought, again, um, you know, you crown an individual champion, which ended up being Gordon Sargent, the freshman, true freshman from Bandy, who won it. And uh, Chris Goddard up again, finished in a tie for fifth. Now here's the deal: the uh, the situation is this. Also for Chris Goddard up, which they didn't get into yesterday. At least the uh, the part of the telecast that I heard yesterday on the Golf Channel, PGA Tour U top four uh, finishers in the points race for the season. PGA Tour U uh, gets immediate status on the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, you don't have to qualify any of that stuff. Chris Goddard up. All he had to do was finish in the top four yesterday, finish tied for fifth. So he also lost that as well. You know, he lost that as well. Text line says, are we listening to the gimme zone? Well, it's, it is. We're talking golf. It is the number one team in the country playing in the NCAA championship. So, yes, we're going to give you some of that. Talk about football. That's all I want to hear about. That's what I tune into I this understand. radio station to hear about. It's only one, though. By the way, the it's text line one. hates Jackson Arnold. I don't know why. What is the deal? I don't know what the deal is, but somebody else said, you need to see Jackson Arnold play in pads, not underwear. Uh, I saw him play in pads in the Texas State Championship game last November. And Did anyone else see that? Because what good. I saw was I, I saw Jackson Arnold just about lead Denton Geyer to a massive upset of an Austin-Westlake team that had a five-star quarterback on their sideline and Cade Klubnick, as well as FBS Power 5 talent all over the field on both offense and defense. Austin-Westlake was heavily favored in that game. And they did pull away at the end, primarily due to the fact that Jaden Greathouse turned in the game of his life. But Jackson Arnold single-handedly kept Geyer in that football game, a football game that they really had no business being in. So you're a believer in Jackson Arnold. I am a believer in Jackson Arnold. I think most people that have watched Jackson Arnold are believers in Jackson Arnold. I think we just have a case of the Crimson Chicken Littles on the text line again. Hmm. 
Well, like I said, like and, you said, he's probably going to get his fifth star pretty soon. Yeah, and look, here's here's the way I look at it. I don't, I don't want to oversell Jackson Arnold, okay? I don't want to make it out. I don't want to make Jackson Arnold out to be the second coming of Baker Mayfield. I think there's similarities between the two. I think there's some Baker Mayfield in the way that Jackson Arnold plays, but to expect that he's going to be the next Baker Mayfield is a little bit over the top. As I look at this quarterback class in 2023, this is one man's opinion here. For me, the two guys that stand out above the rest, or th- I, I'm sorry, the three guys that stand about of the rest are Malachi Nelson, Jaden Rashada, and Nico Iamaleava. Malachi Nelson, of course, committed to USC. Nico committed to Tennessee, and Jaden Rashada is committing on June 18th. Nobody is quite sure where just yet. The second tier for me, Jackson Arnold is right at the upper echelon of the second tier. And this is a very good quarterback class. So that is no knock on Jackson Arnold to say that he falls in the second tier. The second tier to me consists of Arnold, Dante Moore, Ricky Collins, Eli Holstein, and Arch Manning. Christopher Vizina has a case to be in the conversation as well, but... To me, Jackson Arnold, I, I think technically right now he's ranked the number six quarterback in this class according to the 24-7 sports composite. I would say he's number four or number five. I think he's being undersold just a little bit, and I think a lot of it has to do, quite honestly, with the fact that everybody wants to hype up Arch Manning yeah. as the second coming. I'm not convinced he is, but there are a lot of five-star caliber quarterbacks in this class. Jackson Arnold is decidedly one of them. Arnold almost carried his average team to a title. Respectfully, these texters need to stop talking about stuff they don't know Bingo. about. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, There's someone on the text line that gets it. He can read zone coverage more than I can say for Caleb. Jackson haters are stupid. The kid is incredible. And we've got some golf texts uh, as well. Disappointments uh, being ranked number one most of the year and don't even get to the semifinals. Yeah, it's disappointing, but, you know, golf is such a – and match play, man, you get – it's such a thing about momentum, you know. Um, and like I said, you, you've got your Haskins Award winner all of a sudden who had a bad day yesterday and particularly at the end of the round then has to turn around and play a match uh, today and who got off to a horrible start and all of a sudden you've got Chris Goddard up getting beat 7-5. and five. And, you know, that's, you know, like your Heisman Trophy winning quarterback going out and having a horrible day and throwing three interceptions, you know, in a bowl game or in the playoff, that kind of thing. Um, So, again, is it disappointing? Yes. But, you know, golf, again, um, it's not like if if OU's ranked number one most of the year that you think, oh, yeah, OU's an overwhelming favorite. Anything can happen in match play. I mean, you see a lot of guys. How many times do you see the one seeds uh, in the WGC match play in Austin all get there? Very rarely. So, again, um, disappointment, though, and I think the main thing, it was a really bad time for Chris Goddard up to uh, see his putter desert him, and I think that affected him mentally uh, somewhat. Particularly, he needed a good start in the match early today, and he had a, he had a bad start. I mean, he was down, boom, big early in the match. So again, Ryan Hibble's done a tremendous job, but today just didn't go. And the last two days were just not Oklahoma's best. It happens. The text line has coalesced, which is refreshing. 
Someone says, anyone questioning Jackson Arnold knows absolutely zero about football. Somebody says, I'm a 9-to-5 worker bee and know way more about football recruiting than BV, Lebby, and Thune. <laughs> That's probably the only time my name will ever be mentioned in the same sentence as Brent Venables and Jeff Lebby, but I'll take it. Uh, somebody says, I was at the state game. Okay, that's the same person that says, you need to see Jackson Arnold play in pads, not in underwear. Uh, mm. Okay, well, interesting. I guess people see what they want to see. I guess, you know, I'm I'm not going to fight you on it if that's your evaluation of Jackson Arnold. But there are those who believe that Jackson Arnold can come into Oklahoma and compete for the starting job right away as a true freshman. Who, do you, like, who do you like more long-term, Nick Evers or Jackson Arnold? Long-term right now? I would say Arnold. I think a lot is going to depend on how Evers progresses. Because as you saw in the spring game, there's some work that needs to be done. The tools are all there, man. He throws a really good ball, has such a lightning quick release, but he's got to adjust to the pace of the game. He's got to be able to – he's got to learn to deal with pressure from collegiate rushers. And – He's got to be able to go through his progressions more seamlessly before he's going to be able to be the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. You know who I actually think has a really good chance to compete for the job next year if Dylan Gabriel's out the door is General Booty. General Booty, ladies and gentlemen. If General Booty wins the job, that's great news for booties everywhere. There's no doubt about it, eventually. But you're saying that General Booty is a late bloomer who – also look at, you know, um, him not being that heavily recruited, and they just think, ah, junior college kid, come on, man. Really? But, Turn on the tape, man. That kid's good. <laughs> He's good. So, there you go. He is a good quarterback. If uh, General Booty ends up being awesome, that is going to be a great thing. Just saying. Okay. Uh, a couple more texts before we hit a break. My friend is a defensive coach at Guyer and says Arnold is the real deal. And his little brother is going to be even better. Hmm. Oh, okay. Are you aware of his little brother I, yet? I was not aware of his little brother until now, so I guess we're going to have to start checking that out. I wonder how much younger his brother is. I'll have to check into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, somebody said, the people trashing Arnold are probably the same people that cheer for Oklahoma State when it's not Bedlam Week. And another says, that dude is obsessed with Arnold being in underwear. I, I, I love it when the text line all gets on the same page to just bury somebody. It's fun. Are you talking about a text line ratio? Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a text line ratio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is I, the man of steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars, maybe. Uh, and Parker Thune, five-star, a legitimate five-star out of the OU Journalism School, not only with a bachelor's degree, but a master's degree, ladies and gentlemen. That is five-star right there. We're going to come back, get to some more texts, and again... Oklahoma State in big trouble. They're a point away from being eliminated. Cole Hammer just put the hammer down in the uh, fifth match, and the Cowboys are in trouble too. It looks like the Sooners season, who's already ended with a loss, three three points to two, three and two to Arizona State, and it looks like the Cowboys are going to go down swinging as well in the quarterfinals out at Greyhawk. All right, stay with us. We shall return here on The Ref. All right, we are back. We have about another 22 minutes before it is time to get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas at 2 o'clock. 
Champ U Barbecue happening this weekend. Is there anybody that is – I know you said that you, you feel like Richard Young is a, you know, a long shot for Oklahoma. But how many trips has he made to Oklahoma now? I think this will be number three. Yeah, number three. Hmm. There's got to be a little bit of interest there if you could – unless he just maybe – he just enjoys Norman. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Vacation I it, paradise. I find it very, very hard to believe, and I've said it from the get-go, that Richard Young is going to be a Sooner. Are you intrigued by the fact that he's visited Norman three times now? I, sure. Okay, it means something, and you know maybe it means DeMarco Murray's just that good. Maybe that signals DeMarco Murray's arrival. If the signing of Gavin Sachek and Javante Barnes didn't, maybe the fact that he's gotten Richard Young on campus three times means DeMarco Murray has arrived as a recruiter and a running back coach. But, man, you cannot expect that Richard Young's going to be part of this class. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, that would be uh, just a big surprise if that somehow happened down the stretch. So give me the name of somebody that you think's more realistic that you said there are two five-stars, Richard Young being one of those, visiting this weekend. Give me the name of a, maybe a good four-star who the Sooners are in the mix for that you think could end up, you know, maybe being a, a, a surprise commit uh, that ends up at Oklahoma. That maybe is not clearly Oklahoma right now, but somebody who's kind of in the in the mix with the Sooners in there. I think it is compelling to note that Makari Vickers, the four-star cornerback out of Tallahassee, has not set any officials beyond – OU this weekend and when you don't have any officials planned beyond a given one that's generally a pretty good sign that you're starting to feel pretty confident about your fit at that school and while I'm not necessarily saying that's absolutely the case with Macari Vickers he'd be one that I'd figure okay that could be a surprise addition that Oklahoma is able to make over the weekend the other guy I'm looking for and I mentioned him in the first hour Bryson Sanders a lot of guys are just starting their official visits Bryson Sanders is wrapping him up. His last OV will be to Oklahoma this weekend, and he is leaning very slightly in the direction of Ole Miss right now. Tennessee is in the mix as well. But Oklahoma has an opportunity to secure Sanders with a flourish this weekend and set themselves apart from the Rebels and the Volunteers. I think they can do it. And I know the – the common school of thought with regard to Bryson Sanders' recruitment has been, well, he's going to stay home at Tennessee. I don't think that's the case. I think it's OU and Ole Miss right now. And like I said, I do believe Ole Miss has the slight advantage. But Oklahoma doesn't have to do a whole lot this weekend, I don't think, in order to leapfrog Ole Miss as the destination of choice for Bryson Sanders. I feel really good about where the Sooners sit with him, and I would be watching that one closely heading into the weekend. What is the latest? Somebody wants to know the latest on uh, Dylan Edwards. Oh, Dylan Edwards. So uh, new intel as of this morning, actually. Uh, Dylan Edwards is winding down to a decision. And I've been told you can expect a commitment very, very soon. Now, common sense would tell you that's going to be good news for Oklahoma, right? Because he's taken the official visit this weekend and doesn't have any plans for any officials beyond that as of right now. I don't know, Mike. Something makes me uneasy about all of this, and I've said it for a while. This might just be a me thing. I could be dead wrong. This is visit number four to Oklahoma, and maybe it's as simple as Dylan Edwards was just waiting for the OV to commit to OU. That could be the case. I'm really not convinced, though. 
I think there's still a twist and turn or two left in this thing. I was talking to one source this morning. They said this is the biggest roller coaster of recruitment behind the scenes I've ever seen. I don't I don't think the casual fan understands just how much of a roller coaster the Dylan Edwards recruitment has been because it's been wild behind the scenes. I can attest to that. Right now, I think it's a three-team race. I think it's Oklahoma, Nebraska, and hello, Jackson State. I think mm. it's those three. And right now... I, I wouldn't be confident projecting that any of those three has an advantage over the others at this point in time. My crystal ball says Oklahoma has for months. I think that's where the safe money is, but I don't think anything's safe in this recruitment right now. There's just something about the whole situation that would lead me to believe this is not as straightforward, this is not as cut and dried as your typical recruitment process. And when you say commitment is coming soon, there is not a date set yet. It's just kind of open-ended, just throwing out there, hey, it's coming. It's not going to be that far away, basically, is what – there is no date, right? There is no date. Just it's coming. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, any other – is there anybody who is visiting this weekend that surprised you, by the way? As far as a surprise, I think the one that was kind of surprising to me that was just announced yesterday was four-star offensive lineman Jaden Chapman out of the state of Texas, Harker Heights, which is a suburb of the Austin area. Now, it's no particular secret that a lot of those prospects coming out of Austin, including Jaden Chapman and Colton Vosick, just want to get out of Austin. Whatever that looks like, they don't want to go to the University of Texas. That's a thing, people. That's a thing. Kids in Austin want out of Austin. I have talked to so many people that will tell you the exact same thing about prospects in the Austin vicinity right now. They want to be anywhere but Austin. Take that for what you will. Uh, But it was kind of surprising to see Jaden Chapman turn around and uh, book an official visit with the Sooners because there hadn't really been a whole lot of buzz between him and OU lately. Another one, guy that's on campus right now for an official, Jay Braun Harvey, talked about him earlier, the four-star edge rusher out of the state of North Carolina, I do believe. Um, this is a guy that was just recently offered by Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, Durham, North Carolina is his hometown. Was offered by Oklahoma not too long ago. Now he turns around, is on the official, picked up the offer on May 7th. There you go. That's when OU entered the picture for J. Braun Harvey. So I think it's uh, it's interesting. The fact that they were able to get him on campus that soon for an OV, that might be one worth watching. And the edge situation is so fluid right now because you know if you've been following recruiting in close proximity, you know that the Sooners are the leader for P.J. Adebare, and you know that they're probably going to end up with him. But beyond that, who's the second guy that they get? Is it by Job? Is it Darion Gallette? Blake Purchase? Colton Vosick? Is it J. Bron Harvey? Beyond P.J. Adebare, the picture's a little bit murky. So we'll see what becomes of this. But keep an eye on J. Bron Harvey and how his visit progresses at Oklahoma this week. All right. Uh, somebody wants to know, uh, did you get a chance to talk to Cole Adams over the weekend? Is he confirmed he won't be at Champion uh, Barbecue? That trip was a total bust, Mike. What happened? I, I made one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made as a recruiting reporter. I didn't double-check the schedule. 
Uh-oh. before I headed up to Tulsa. So, turns out, uh, they had actually done their portion of the team camp from 9 to noon on Friday. And I was originally under the impression it was going to be 5 to 8. So I showed up Friday evening, around 5.30. Naturally, there's nobody there. Wow. Yeah. So that that was a big whiff on my part. Swing and a miss. So nothing particularly new on the Cole Adams recruitment. I know he is scheduled to be at Alabama this weekend. Keep an eye on that one, though, because if he ends up at Oklahoma, I think that's a sign that he's going to be a Sooner. If he goes to Alabama, though, that's your indication that there is more work to be done. All right. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, Longhorns just closed out Oklahoma State. The Cowboys made a, a little bit of a rally to make Texas work for it, but uh, it is over. Uh, Texas wins 3-2 over Oklahoma State. So the semifinals, you'll have Vanderbilt against Texas in one semifinal. Pepperdine and Arizona State will play in the other semifinals. So the Sooners closed out by ASU, and the Longhorns take down the Cowboys. OU and OSU seasons in golf over in the quarterfinals. Break right here. One more segment to go. Keep it here. All right, we are back. Well, I guess the levy broke for the Sooners and the Cowboys today in uh, Scottsdale. I suppose. But Man. the good news is I think the levy is poised to break – in a recruiting sense this weekend. Ah, there you go. All right, you're looking at a different levy. See, I'm, my mind's still on golf. And I'm thinking, man. <sighs> and I, you know what I'm excited for? I'm excited to get my elbow rehabbed so I can get back out on the golf course. Elbow rehab. Mm, that's hmm. going to be fun. How many weeks of that do you have? Eh, they told me four to six. It's been one and a half, so... Do you have to go to elbow rehab? Well, no, 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 no. I, I, what I said was I'm excited to get my elbow rehabbed. Okay. So I, I'm, right. I, I'm not necessarily I like doing like a PT s- regimen or anything. I thought they were to some place to get elbow rehab because I was going to say they're just trying to get more money out of you. Don't, you. don't go to their elbow rehab. You do your own rehabbing. Curl some 12-ounce. Well, you don't drink. <laughs> I don't do either anymore, but curl some 12-ounce kind of beverage do you like what kind of beverage do i like ginger ale i like ginger ale ginger ale y'all hear thune he likes ginger ale i don't drink soda my ginger you know, ale I, i'll have an occasional ginger ale that's kind of the one exception i'll allow myself but no i don't drink soda because here's the thing ginger ale is really good for an upset stomach yes it is I I used to drink soda. Then I got to college, and I was just like, okay, I have to quit. It is way too accessible now. Because you walk into the cafeterias, right? There's there's the soda fountain, mm-hmm. and you get you get your cup, and you can just keep going back and keep going back and keep going back. So I was like, nope, this is not going to be good. I need to stop. Dude, I drink so much soda, it's ridiculous. Really? I'm not going to be around much longer. It'll probably be, I don't know, I can put the over and under like seven years. Because you know why? My diet is basically soda and Hostess products in the morning, and then yeah, I'm just not eating well. I'm just not eating that well right now. If you are what you eat, I'm the Hostess Twinkie guy, <laughs> the Twinkie kid. What, One day, what, 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 I'm, I, you know, I was on a real good diet and exercise for a while, and then life started happening, and life got in the way, and people got in the way, and life got in the way, and everything changed. 
And there's not enough time. What did we start out this segment talking about? Oh, it was my elbow. That's yeah, right. Your elbow. Yeah. Your I want to get to the point where I can swing a golf club. There was a time, Mike, after I tore my labrum in my shoulder, which was five years ago now. You had a Baker injury? Yeah. My left shoulder. So it was my lead shoulder when I'm golfing because I golf right-handed. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a time for probably two, three years thereafter where hitting a golf ball still hurt my yeah, shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I, I can that see is, that. Because labrum injury, like your labrum, depending on which muscles you injure in your labrum, because it's like a group of four different muscles. So mm-hmm. depending five, on how you hurt it, it can take a long time to I get bet. back to normal. Man, it's very painful for me hitting a golf ball, too, seeing where it goes these days. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally. <laughs> Are you a hook guy or a slice guy? I'm a slice guy. Okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, what was it? Was it Trevino who said you can talk to a hook, but you can't talk to a slice? So, yeah, I try and talk to mine, but it never listens. Stop slicing! Stop! And it still keeps slicing. So, he was right. Was Trevino had many good, uh, you know, golf anecdotes back in the way. He's the one who said, uh, if you ever get in a lightning storm, just hold up the one iron because not even God can hit a one iron. <laughs> That's one of the greats. <laughs> it's pretty good. Can you imagine trying to hit? I mean, how many people even carry? I mean, look, scratch players, really good players probably still carry a three or four iron maybe. But so many of those clubs are hybrids and – yeah. They've made golf – they really tried to make golf easier for – and I can get in a groove where I play pretty well, but once I go bad, man, I go bad for a long time. I There was a time when I was in high school where I quit using woods, mm-hmm. and so I would just swing long irons off tees. And I could – I got to the point where I could shoot in the 80s with just irons. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. But it took me until probably my junior, senior year of high school before I started trying the driver again and really hitting it straight as opposed to slicing it. But man, the highest the highest iron I would use is a four. You can't go any higher. Hitting a three iron's tough enough. Mm-hmm. I've only ever seen a few two irons. I don't know that I've ever laid eyes on a one iron. I'm not even convinced you, it actually exists. You probably could find a couple on eBay. Would be my guess. There are probably some old guys out there. Who's right? still I got my one iron? Who still yeah. manufactures one irons? Because like, there's no way you're making money on that. I don't know. I don't know. I never had one iron even. And look, I played with persimmon woods back in the day where the driver looked like your three wood does now. You know? So, but, uh, yeah, it's – golf is a very – it's a game that is great to play if you don't. For me, I've got to go out and not worry about score because if I worry about score, I'm not going to have much fun Uh because my score is not good anymore. And it never was great, but it's never been this ridiculous. So – uh, disappointing day for the Sooners, disappointing day for the Cowboys. They were both taken out in the uh, quarterfinals today in Scottsdale at Greyhawk. Arizona State beat the Sooners 3-2. And uh, Oklahoma State made a little rally against Texas but lost 3-2 to the Longhorns. So Sooners and the Cowboys both see their golf seasons come to an end today in Scottsdale. Bad time for Chris Goddard up to not play his best golf yesterday and today, even though he won the Haskins Award, which is the Golf Heisman, earlier today, struggled out there again, struggled down the stretch yesterday, and struggled today. He got beat 7-5. and five. That's golf, man. That's golf. Had a great season, though. All right, we got Locked In coming up next. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. 
We will talk to you tomorrow. Locked in is on the way.